0: ...a prayer for himself and his remaining crew. God help us all. Before turning his attention to the south. The merciless wind whipped his hair from the clasp at his nape, plastering it against the stubble on his cheeks and chin. He paid it no mind as he strained and wished with his whole heart to see the glittering, welcoming lights of Havana. Unfortunately, With the city still so far away, that sight was no more substantial than a memory. It was impossible to fight the wind and the tides to sail back to her now. As if to prove his point, he watched, stricken, while the San Andres and the San Jose, the two gunships tasked with protecting the Santa Cristina, each fell victim to the monster waves crashing over their decks. First one, Then the other quietly slipped beneath the surface of the teeming water. Their demises rendered even more horrific by the seeming banality, the simplicity with which they were dragged to the bottom. The end is near. Those words once again rose up to taunt Bartholome, and he had just enough time to send up an invocation for the lost souls aboard the gunships when, sploosh, the Santa Cristina's yard arms plunged into the angry ocean as she rolled violently to her side. The deck heaved beneath his feet. He gripped the wheel with one hand and the slick rail with the other, holding on so tightly his fingers ached. The mighty masts groaned and creaked in dire warning, and the bitter smell of silt and kelp, stirred up by the swirling currents, added to the sharp bite of electricity burning through the air. Boom. A burst of lightning, only found in the most turbulent and unpredictable hurricanes, sizzled through the sky overhead, highlighting the determined faces of Bartolome's crew as they battled for the life of the ship and ultimately their own salvation. They had only one chance— the ringed island he'd left behind just a short time ago when he was still arrogant enough to think it was possible to reach home port. We are coming about, he yelled to his first mate. Nodding jerkily, the young officer lifted his whistle to his lips. Bartolomé saw the man's cheeks puff out, but no sound emerged from the small instrument. With a shouted curse, his first mate shook as much of the sea spray from the whistle as he could before trying again. This time, two short, clear notes pierced the blustery air, followed by one long, melodious trill. Bartolome watched through the blinding screen of rain as his valiant crew struggled to do his bidding. When the rigging was ready, he spun the wheel his muscles burning from the long hours of desperately working to control the big ship. The Santa Cristina moaned mightily, the wood of her hull straining as she fought to make the turn in the heaving seas. But the instant the secondary sails caught the force of the gale, lifting the ship sharply before plunging her to her side, it became obvious it was too late. She could probably hold together long enough to take them back to the ringed island, but she was far too cumbersome to make the maneuvers needed to safely sail them around to the leeward side. She is too heavy, sir, the cook's son yelled, clinging desperately to the railing of the quarterdeck. The fear in the young lad's wide eyes was as stark as the choices that lay before Bartholomew. We must relieve her of her cargo if we want to live. Her cargo, the tons of gold and silver coins, the barrels of jewelry and uncut gems the Santa Cristina carried in her big belly. It was a treasure King Philip desperately needed to fund the ongoing fight against the English, French, and Dutch, those scurvy bastards determined to see Spain's empire burned to ashes. A treasure the king had entrusted to Bartolomé, Quintana, and the twin ships they captained, the prides of the Spanish fleet. Bartolome knew what he must do, king and country first. Yanking the wheel hard left, he struggled to follow the currents and pilot the ship from the deceptive safety of the deep water.